This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly sponsored by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. As a city supporter, we know you value delivery, and McDelivery is up there with the very best. You'll always be winning with McDelivery because just like Kevin De Bruyne, McDelivery puts your order right on a plate. So the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered as well. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for you tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Mikel Arteta, Stan Kroenke, Gunnosaurus, the Ashburton Army, Artisan Coffee Baristas, Keir Starmer, Rob Holden's Hairline, the Piccadilly Tube Line, Piers Morgan, Arsenal Fan TV, Thomas Party. Thomas Party, Emirates Airline, Alan Davies and Gunnosaurus again. Your boys took one hell of a beating. It's Thursday the 27th of April. I'm Amos Murphy. I'm Ollie McCool. I'm Andrew Detmer. And this is the City Report Podcast. Where is going from there? Manchester United 1, Manchester City 6, it's 2 for Jekyll. Tottenham Hotspur 3, Manchester City 4. They have made the impossible possible. We're Man City and we might be on the piss again, but if you're wondering where to pick up the best beer this side of the Atlantic, let me introduce you to Beer Monster. The online home of household brands, niche independent brews and the famous Beer Monster Draft Tap, allowing you, the listener, to pour the perfect pint from the comfort of your own home. Head over to beermonster.com for free shipping on all orders over £35 and if you're quick enough, you can grab an extra fiver off any purchase between now and the end of April. UK residents only, 18 and over, drink responsibly. Da, 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 da. Hello, hello everyone. Wow, I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm geared up. Um, as we always do after a big game, moment of the match. Ollie, take it away. The one standout moment, not necessarily the best moment, the one standout moment for you. Uh, Harlem putting his hair down, then immediately scoring. I think it just, <laughs> the, the, per, the perfect way to top off just the perfect game. Fantastic. Just he, he was chomping at the bit all night for a goal. Yeah. And then got it right at the end. And he just sunk that knife in a couple inches further. Beautiful. Mm. Beautiful. I, I, I tweeted um, shortly after full time 
Erling Haaland unleashing his luscious locks to break the Premier League record of all-time goals is comfortably one of the top five moments of Barclays. Not the top five Premier League, I'm talking iconic cult hero moments. You can throw, was it Darren Bent scoring off a beach ball in there? You can say Neil Warnock doing the Noel Gallagher walk in front of a camera. You know, I'm talking the absolute epitome of Barclays. Um, Andrew, for you, moment of the match. There were so many. You've got an, a, an absolute litany to pick from, but what was the one for you? So, as many know, I have a deep and undying love of John Stones. And I think that... Who doesn't? Welcome. Get in line. Hey, Get in line. Some of us have... Uh... I've, been on the, I've been on the fan... Tra- <laughs> I've been on that fan train since his first season of signing. But for me, a man who saved a title race by saving a goal by the width of a toenail, scored to put the title race to bed by the width of a toenail. And I'll take that Mm, every day of the week. Good spot, yeah. And uh, the bit I loved about that, I don't know if you see it, I mean, presumably you have done by now, but the, the clip on social media where he's just stood there with like... I, I almost find he, he's a gormless looking fella in the sense that he just looks he just looks empty half of the time. Like, I don't know what it is. And it's not to his de- detriment, you know. Some people just look empty. But as soon as the referee pointed to that spot, his little face was like a little puppy. Oh, it was super. Well, his post-match um, quotes I, just show how much, you know, the club and a win like that mean to him. I mean, he talks about how City mm. City's his home and he loves the fans. And I, I think he is a one of these players that... He gets us and he gets the club and it's just it's beautiful to see someone like that play such a pivotal role in this team. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and I know he spoke about being upset when he was linked with a move to Arsenal nonetheless and, and you know, just how much it means. It's fantastic. For me then, I, I've got two moments. I'm going to pull host privileges here. Um, the TIFO before the game, the, the we'll follow you everywhere. Fantastic work from the 1894 group, City Loco, City on Tour, all of the fan groups who pulled that together. Superb work. It looked class. But also at the opposite end of the game, Jack Grealish squaring up to Thomas' party after the game's done. No comment needed. We just love to see it. Um, let's crack into the match then, because there's so many places to start. I think you know we've we've often not undermined his achievement so far this season, but we've said, "Oh, what else is there to say?" Erling Haaland, blah blah blah. But Ollie, two assists and a goal. I had, I, we'll get to the goal itself in a moment, but I think even before he snatched the goal in added time. I was thinking that was one of the most complete centre-forward performances I've ever seen. Obviously, he starts it off in the first minute, um, linking up with play. He gets the assist for De Bruyne's goal, shaking off defenders. He was just... He's the man who lives for the big games. And you could tell he was in the build-up to the match. He was he was drinking all the milk he could. He was plugging himself into recharge. And he bloody hell was he up for it. Yeah, I mean, that the pre-match lasagna last night must have been absolutely fantastic <laughs> for him. Frankly, Erling Haaland is is the is the on form player in the world at the moment, and that can be goals or assists. He's got the same amount of assists as Martin Odegaard, and Martin Odegaard is apparently in the team of the year above above Rodri or Bernardo, whoever you want to say. Mental. Um, I just wanted to I just wanted to get that stat in there. Just had to get that stat in there. But Erling Haaland in last night's game, it was magnificent. You know, from the moment go, I've never mm. seen him so actively press and push a team back and just constantly get at them because sometimes he can have games where he sits a little bit further back and just waits for the ball to come to him 
Last night he was on it from second one and it put Ramsdale mm-hmm. under a hell of a lot of pressure. He put that back line under a hell of a lot of pressure. City's press last night was outstanding. I think it was one of the best yeah. pressing performances we've seen from any side in the Premier League for a long time. And, that, and, I and this, this, is, this is a player who can't, no, he can't, isn't compatible he with the Guardiola team, is he? Can't press, can't link up. Well, you know, look at that performance. From, look at that performance from last night. It was perfection. You know, if if you know, Lekeep want to give him another ten out of ten, feel free, lads, because I think he's earned it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it was one of those nights, wasn't it? And you could just tell the frustration. You just, I almost, I almost doubted him a little bit. I felt he's going to get away from here without scoring. That's what it felt like. And obviously, Andrew pops up with. We've seen all sorts of Haaland goals this season. We've seen headers, we've seen rockets, we've seen right foots, we've seen tappings. You know, I've made a point of saying they're not easy to do, but we have seen him just, you know, simple goals. I think that was that was a Haaland goal, wasn't it? If you to stick into an AI chatbot or whatever the kids are doing nowadays and say, design me an Erling Haaland goal, shaking off a defender. Wasn't the cleanest of finishes, you know, it wasn't one of them rockets, but just enough to beat the goalkeeper. who had had a fantastic night, fair play to him. Aaron Ramsdale Haaland could have easily had a hat-trick, but what a way to sign off a fantastic win, breaking the record in front of that home crowd, which was incredible. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely is the quintessential Holland goal because it. people look at Holland and say, oh, all he does is score goals. You know, he what, what more does he do? But what you don't realize is that in order to get into the positions that he does, to create the space that he does, to have the awareness that he does, that all requires something that most players could only dream of. Um, mm-hmm. And for me, I think tonight showed that Holland is improving his all-around play in a way that is going to be terrifying for teams to deal with in year two of the Erling Holland Pep Guardiola experiment, particularly if you think about the fact that, you know, as rumors have it, they're about to add Jude Bellingham, who is another dynamic, aggressive, big bodied midfielder mm. who can also play a similar role to what KDB did tonight. And to me, I think that their partnership, it, it shows something that, what Pep has done and realized is that he has this skilled team that can also out physical anyone now. And Arsenal may be playing a system that in theory could stop city because who better designed that type of system than Mikel Arteta who helped institute it. But what he could not stop or deal with is the fact that if city try to go long to the big man of Erling Holland and the quote-unquote little man of Kevin De Bruyne, who is himself a strong, powerful, fast individual, there's just not a lot you can do. I mean, that duo is just essentially lethal if you give them time and space, yeah. which Arsenal did multiple times. And you know what? Fair play to Arsenal. They've had a great run this season. They're a great young team. But this showed the gap in class between the two sides. And and I think it it needed it, didn't it? I spoke after the Liverpool victory, 4-1 win that night, 4-1 win against Arsenal as well. And I said Liverpool have been owed that for City for some time. And, and you know, City have beaten Arsenal quite comfortably in the past. They stuck five past them at the start of last season. But I felt like in this title race, Ollie, we were speaking before the game, weren't we, about it being... Was it a must win? And, and obviously the numbers said that it wasn't a must win, but had Arsenal gone to the Etihad and had the escaped with a draw, suddenly City then have to go on and win every single game of the remaining in the campaign, barring Arsenal dropping more points, et cetera, et cetera. But I just felt like 
I think you and I were in agreement with this, but I felt like it was a must win because this opportunity, having dropped uh, points in the last three matches for Arsenal, to then come to a city who are smelling blood. And a little stat for you before we delve into some more players' performances. That's now 12 consecutive games Manchester City have won against Arsenal. An aggregate score of 33-5. to Don't poke Manchester City. Mikel Arteta, Stan Kroenke, Gunnosaurus. Don't poke them because they will turn around and bite. Who do they think they are? Like, who, do they, <laughs> who do they think they are that they can come to our place and actually try and keep up with us? I've seen newly promoted teams give us a harder challenge at the Etihad than that. Crystal Palace gave us a harder challenge than that at the Etihad. They were <laughs> pathetic tonight. They've been brilliant all season. Uh, you can't take away from what Arsenal have done this season. But if that was Ars- if that was Arsenal's best lineup, par Saliba, and if one and if that one player makes up is making all that difference to them, they don't deserve they don't deserve to be compared to us at all. They don't deserve to be compared to Liverpool of a few years ago. They were pathetic tonight. I, I, if, if I was a, if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd be ashamed of the performance they've been tonight. City tore them apart from minute one. They were on top of them. They just launched in control of the game. It was fantastic. And frankly, mm. it's the performance we needed from City. You know, uh, as we were just saying, you know, this game, for me, it was must-win for mentality. I think that's broken Arsenal. I think something has snapped in Arsenal. And you could see their heads gone. Their heads all went during the game multiple mm. times. Xhaka was substituted off for it. Thomas Partey. You know, if Michael Oliver had decided to do his job once tonight, he would have had about five yellow cards. Um, <laughs> Wishful sh- thinking. <laughs> Mike, Michael Oliver, what on earth was that performance? Go to the League One on the weekend. You don't deserve to be refereeing in the Premier League after that. Disgrace. League One feels generous. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. it does after that performance. Um, yeah, that was the best. The pre- the, the, the Prem put up the yeah, best exa- ref. Exactly. Um, you put on. You put. You bring out your best ref. You know, Arsenal put out their their best lineup available. And both were pathetic. City tore them both apart, really. Um, mm. well, a well-earned performance, and I think that's and it's that sort of win that will that will re-energize that dressing room. You know, Pep said last week after the Bayern game, it was emotionally exhaustion. They couldn't even celebrate. They'll be celebrate. They'll have been celebrating in that dressing room tonight, and then tomorrow morning, back in training for recovery, they'll be switched on thinking about Fulham. That's what City yeah. do in a title race, and Arsenal have learned yeah. that the hard way. Like us, we'll be switched on tomorrow morning thinking about Fulham. Uh, the grind never stops. But I, I'll, I'll just go back to what you said about um, Arsenal and you know pathetic performance, and, and, and it was they weren't great. And you know I've said before on this podcast, maybe it still happens. Arsenal still top of the league, but I thought Arsenal would go on and win the league. What we've seen in the last 10, 12, 13, 14 matches from City is something completely different. And I think Adam mentioned it on our um, time capsule episode. He said that had City been playing like this for the uh, for, for for the most of the campaign, we'd have probably gone unbeaten. We'd have been. 15, 16, 17 points clear because this is a different City team to what we saw at the turn of the year. You know, don't get me wrong, City were were, were struggling at the start of the year. They were not playing. They weren't finding Haaland. This is a different team. But Andrew, with Arsenal's performance, are, are we in this era now where I got to stadium early and for anyone who knows me knows that I tend to waltz in two or three minutes after kickoff for most games but I wanted to be in the ground I wanted to feel the atmosphere and I think for big matches now I can list a number of massive massive matches at the Etihad Stadium where the place has been bouncing Arsenal's performance was pathetic 
But was it pathetic? Because not only City was so good, but you come to an Etihad Stadium in a title race, dear me, you're going to get you're going to get your pants pulled down half the time. So it, I, I have the advantage of watching on TV. We got to see both teams in the tunnel before they walked out. Jack Realish was joking around. They're you know having a couple of laughs like City shocker, yeah. <laughs> but they, City City's players looked relaxed, comfortable, not like oh you know we have to win this game to take control of the title race. Arsenal's players all had a look on their face like they were going to their grandmother's funeral, like someone just ran over their dog. <laughs> they they were not emotionally ready for what was going on, and it, it's what I have been saying from the beginning of the season. I you know even when Arsenal were keeping pace with City, I said from the beginning, look. They are a really good team, but they they don't have the juice to go the whole way. They've lasted longer than I thought they would, and fair play to them. They've massively mm. overshot their expectations, their underlying numbers. But this match showed, one, that Arsenal weren't necessarily – they just aren't constructed to be in a title race with City like the Liverpools of old where you have to be focused on it and can't drop for a second for 12, 13, 14 matches in a row. But I do think Mm. that one of the advantages that City has, not just from having an experienced squad, is that we have a fan base experience with dealing with the nerves of a title race and knowing what it takes. And that place was rocking because everyone knew that if the atmosphere was big, they knew City's players were going to come out ready to go. And that first 10 minutes... Arsenal were all over the place. They couldn't communicate. They didn't know what was going on. They were entirely overwhelmed by the occasion. And that is because of who City are as a team, but also what the Etihad now represents as a big match environment. Yeah. The Etihad Stadium gets absolute dog's abuse from online supporters, mainly people who've never been in a football ground. And that's not, you know, that's fair enough. Yeah. If, if if you've never been to a live football match, there's no, you know, your voice isn't muted by it, but don't comment on people who do go to football matches because I, like I said, I can think of, I've got a list of games at the Etihad Stadium where the place has just been bouncing and an and early goal as well seems to be the sort of the trademark big match at the Etihad Stadium. Manchester United last season, Liverpool last season, Real Madrid last season, um, United again this season. I think there was an early-ish one. Obviously Arsenal as well. And and it could have been it could have been, been even earlier. Penalty shout in the first minute or so. But um we'll 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 pivot slightly onto another uh well i saw someone describe him as a in fact the full quote i saw someone describe ben white's title hopes of being ruined by a ginger-haired goth in relation to kevin de bruyne <laughs> and saying it was the <laughs> and saying it was the complete opposite of ben white with his shiny white teeth his tattoos and his fake tan but ollie we're getting to a position now aren't we where we've got a catalog of performances from Kevin De Bruyne to look back on when the sad day comes that he hangs up his career and say, yep, that was the best man to ever play for Manchester City. That was the best midfielder to ever play in the Premier League. That was one of the best plays of all time. We're already there. We're witnessing Mm. greatness every week from this guy. We've been witnessing greatness every week from this guy for a number of years now. Absolutely. Um, You know, for a lot of people, and I think you know Liverpool fans especially, I'm seeing a lot of them starting to say Gerrard isn't the greatest Premier League midfielder, and they've obviously ran that train for years. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
everyone, I think, is kind of in agreement now. It's Kevin De Bruyne now. The guy just comes up with big performance after big performance. And frankly, when, you know, what's it, four, four Premier Leagues as of now, could be five by the end of this season, could be a treble by the end of this season. There's no doubt he's the greatest midfielder to play in England. There's no doubt he's going to be one of the greatest midfielders of all time by the time his career's finished. He's fantastic. And, you know, maybe Ben White doesn't even know who he is. After all, Ben White doesn't watch football. (laughs) And to be honest, I doubt Ben White... He does now. uh, Yeah, I doubt... He does now. I doubt Ben White will want to watch football again after that. You know, he's had his his pants pulled down time and time again by Manchester City. You know, they they must hate us, this Arsenal. They must hate us. I I actually, I'm sorry, I'm I'm just getting breaking news in. Apparently, Rob Holding and Ben White have both announced their retirement from football after that match. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you would, wouldn't you? I mean, mean, but they must hate Kevin De Bruyne specifically because he just seems to save the performances up for Arsenal. And it's funny you mention him saving his best performances for Arsenal because, you know, I... Arsenal have obviously been a little bit in the wilderness for the past few seasons, but they've still been a, a good Premier League team. But this is, this. I think it's the fifth or sixth season in a row that City have done the double over Arsenal, which puts them in a category of clubs that they probably don't want to be in. I mean, yeah, Arsenal are a, a big club in terms of its their significance and they have great players. But in terms of their ability to compete with City... They are on the level of Watford and Burnley and, you know, teams 10, 15, 20 places in the football pyramid down below. Mm. And frankly, despite this being their best team in 10, 15 years, that's how they played tonight. Like they were 10, 15, 20 places below City. And, and and stuff like that sticks, doesn't it? I, I'm not one who I, I'm not a professional footballer, so I don't know. But I'm not one who looks at sort of past performances, records, games against you know a team hasn't won at a stadium for 30 years, blah blah blah. Because people change, the club change, kits change, the bad changes, the manager change. But when you have such a sort of a short space of time in in that record, and it, it does stick, you know, a lot of them players. They have had turnover. They have brought some fantastic players in. And I, and I want to make it, you know, I want, I want to keep banging the drum. Arsenal have been great. If City go on to win the title, it will be deserved. If Arsenal go on to win the title, you're top of the table after 38 games. You deserve to do it. You know, they've, they've done really well. And I do think with a couple of additions, Declan Rice is being linked. They could be back up there next season. But in the here and now, it, w- it was a performance for the ages for Manchester City and, and a statement. Um, before before we break for, for part two then, just a few words on the Thomas Partey versus Rodri debate. <laughs> and that'll do for part one. Join us in a minute. Hello, listener, and welcome back to the City Report podcast. This episode is sponsored by Beer Monster, the best place to find a variety of ales at refreshingly low prices. Purchase before the end of April and you'll get £5 off every order, and there's also free shipping for any order over £35. UK residents only, 18 and over, drink responsibly. So then, um, where to pick up from that? Well, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll look at the wider picture then. Manchester City, remarkably, Ollie, still aren't top of the table, although it feels like they are. Two games in hand, one win, potentially, on Sunday. Could take City top, depending on what happens in Arsenal's game. But what do you think that means in the wider picture going forward? I want 
absolute clarity. I want no, the title is done. You will get kicked out of the Zoom call straight away. I'm looking at you, Mr. Detmer. But in terms of the wider picture, what does that mean for City? Obviously, an FA Cup final to come down the line, Champions League semi-finals midweek, a couple of midweek Premier League games as well. It's still a grueling schedule ahead of City, but I just hope and think that could give City some breathing space. Yeah, I think I think you know the, the games in hand. You know, I think they're going to work to our favour now. Um, if we if we ha- if we drop points in this game, be completely different and maybe you know key key moments in the season for us now. But they take on a little bit less importance. You know, even though we are still two points behind. There's there's breathing space there for us, you know. We win the next two games, we're top by a point. It then, you know, it's it's Arsenal aren't really a consideration at that point. We don't have to keep checking their scores. We can just focus on ourselves completely as fans and as a club, um, you know. But this this is this title race is is far from over yet. You know, there's still plenty of action left. You know, if you know, you look at Arsenal's next two games, Chelsea and Newcastle. You know, you can say Chelsea. It's a completely different club from what we're used to from them lot uh, this season and but it's a London derby there's going to be a hell of a lot of pride on the line Chelsea are hurting at the moment Mm. and they're going to be desperate to get anything anything out of that game whether Manchester City because I don't I don't, but whether <laughs> Manchester City legend Frank Lampard does um, we'll see we'll see different and then Newcastle away is one of the is up there with Anfield and the Etihad as one of the toughest Mm. places to go this year um St. James's Park is a cauldron. What Newcastle are doing, you know, you don't want to make the cliche, what a job they're doing up there, by the way, but what a job they're doing up there, by the way. That is going to be a tough game for Arsenal. It was a tough game for City. Um, So, you know, it's not done yet, but, you know, champagne is still on ice Mm. and it's going to stay there. It's going to stay there for a few weeks yet, but um, I don't think it's, you know, it's, if you had to to put a figure on it, you'd say something like 60, 40, 70, 30 now. Yeah, you know, sit here in the driving seat, and the foot is on the accelerator, and I don't see the brake being applied anytime soon. I guess the danger is just to rewind a little bit and take it back to that win against the Emirates when we all came on here and going, "Yes, Manchester City are going to run away with the title. It's going to be done and dusted mm. for a couple of months." What happened in the following game against a well relegation struggle at the time? Obviously, Fulham are mid table. They've got they're on the beach a little bit, but you know, still an away match on Sunday afternoon. City went to, to Nottingham Forest and they drew. They, they had one of the stinkiest performance under Pep, maybe. You know, they could not hit a barn door. They played really well with the ball, but they just could not finish the dinner at all. The danger is, Andrew, isn't it that? For for yet again, and, and, and it feels different this time in terms of the way the team is set up. Obviously, a big unbeaten run, Spurs away, ironically, the last team to beat City. And, you know, that could have sparked City's comeback and the revival to, to end Arsenal's title hopes, pure Barclays. But the danger is, isn't it, that, that as we go into the next couple of matches, when it does start to pick up, I think we're going to start to see players get a little bit jaded. I know Rodri's looking like he's sort of running on empty towards the end of matches. There's going to be rotation. Players are going to hopefully touch wood, not serious, but you know there will be an injury or two here or there. Just keeping that momentum, starting with Fulham on Sunday. Obviously, there's a big preview coming up for that one, but making sure that moments like this, nights like that, don't go to waste because it has to be harboured. Yeah, I, I think there's a, a few reasons to approach where we're at differently than where we were at in the wake of beating Arsenal away. One, that performance, as great as it was, was a little bit out of character, and Arsenal actually played really well that match against City. 
Um, mm. The momentum overall for the title race was still kind of with them. City didn't have things figured out. The mood around City was not great, largely because of a few unhappy faces that uh, some, one of which has been now shipped out. And so I think you know that's all changed. The other thing is that this is the time of the season under Pep where City have always just been a smooth oil machine that are going to tear teams apart. It's what they do. And yes, we've got a small squad. They're tired. We have a lot of matches. We've got a lot of important ones, but these players know what it is like to have to win every match to hold on to a title. They know what it's like, and they want to win the semifinal against Real Madrid. Pep Guardiola knows how to manage this. We have an incredible sports science team monitoring these players. As we show, you'll never sing that. <laughs> as we uh, <laughs> as we show tonight, losing Nathan Ake didn't completely undo the team. Like a lot of people were worried, Akanji probably pound for pound the signing of the season. Um, you might argue pocketed one of the best wingers in the league on the opposite side of the defense that he's supposed to play on. I don't have concerns about city one, because now we have room to breathe, but I don't think that matters to city. They're just going to do what they do. But what I do think tonight did is that Arsenal now the stress and anxiety factor, every mistake will feel like it's, the worst thing to ever happen to them because they know how bad of a position they are in. And one mis- basically they can't make another mistake the rest of the season. And that is not a place you want to be in. If you're a young and experienced team. No, no I, f- I find it really funny. It was uh, about a week ago now when Arsenal, I think the, f- the first of those three draws they'd gone through before last night, and I came on and said, you know, they're not going to lose to, they're not going to drop points to Southampton. This isn't <laughs> going to be a four or five game run of, of uh, drop points for them. And lo and behold, they've dropped nine points from 12 in their last four games. Um, but I'm really glad you mentioned Manuel Akanji there because that guy has been, you know, he's had a, he started really, really well at City. Then when the team went down, he went down with them. But he stayed in Pep's lineups, he stayed in Pep's thoughts. And, you know, he, sp- he spoke, and Pep spoke after the match saying, you know, Laporte is better in build-up. Laporte is better at certain things, but Akanji deserved it. You know, this, in the last week alone, he's he's battled with Bakayo Saka, Kingsley Coman, and Leroy Sane, and bested them all mm. um, by a long way. That guy is is turning up at the at the end of the season and just putting in solid, solid performances across the back line. You know, who'd have thought fifteen million quid in the summer? We're all thinking, oh, he's just going to be a centre back that sits on the bench. He's just an injury cover. He's become one of the key components of whatever whatever success, if any, that City go on to have this season. What and, a player he has been for us. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And and I'll hold my hands up as well. I can't remember when it was. There was one of those poor results going back a couple of weeks where I said that I was having doubts. I felt like he was comfortably, you know, the obviously worst is the wrong word, but he was the fifth choice centre half for a reason. And, you know, he wasn't, he didn't have the qualities that perhaps Laporte did on the ball. Obviously Ruben Diaz with sort of just his manlyhood, uh, John Stone's just being, you know, he, he felt like he was a rotation player getting start a minute. And I felt like that sometimes was a weak link. Fair play to the lad. He, he stepped up and if all it takes is listening to Drake, then I might have to stick some albums <laughs> on myself because he seems to be, uh, he, he seems to have absolutely transformed himself and, and, and absolutely buzzing for him. Um, but, but yeah, you know, you know, looking back at the, the bigger picture as well, it, it does feel like perhaps City are, are just about finding that rhythm and, and 
it's a scary thought, isn't it? It's an absolutely scary thought. And Ollie, I'll, quickly, before we start to wrap up today's episode, I'll stick with you. And, and I just want to sort of a, a address some philosophical points for you because it was running through my head during the Arsenal game at the stadium when we see online, again, online, you know, take notice of it, but sometimes it does stick and, and even big boy journalists say it themselves. But, you know, it must be boring supporting Man City. You know, you, you, you're competing for trophies. Why that'd be boring, I don't know. You're winning every game. Again, why that'd be boring, I don't know. But there, there was just, it, it feels like the club and the supporters, you know, for example, it's not, it's not about me, but last week I went from bloody Leicester at home to Munich to sleeping on airport floor straight to Wembley. It is, you wouldn't swap it for the world. You wouldn't swap it for the world. And and yes, times were bad. And yes, the club sort of rose from the ashes and, and have turned into a, a behemoth of international European football. But at the heart of it, as the banner said, Main Road, Moss Side. And, and it feels on nights like this when the people who, even, you know, older than you and I, have gone through the shit, watch the team playing absolute terrible football in the second tier, in the third tier. I was listening to somebody, it was Noel Gallagher actually, did a really good segment on Wrighty's House. Really good podcast. Ian Wright was on it with um, Sean Wright Phillips, Noel Gallagher and Ryan Hun, who hosts Stadio. Um, and he was speaking about uh, a game against York away where City solidified finishing, uh, sorry, C- City solidified 11th place in the table. Nights like that, dear me, pinch me because it does feel like we're dreaming sometimes. And anyone who thinks that's boring, fuck me, you must be a miserable bastard. Well, you've taken the words right out of my mouth <laughs> at the end there. Um, all these people who say, oh, it must be so boring supporting City. Oh, Oh, it must be so boring seeing your team win and win every near enough every week with the best players in the world, with a striker who's on 49 goals. Oh, how boring that must be. You know, I'm sitting on this podcast nearly falling asleep. It's so boring to talk about this. <laughs> of course it fucking isn't. Are you mad? Are you mental? That is that is a crazy thing to say about being a Manchester City fan. And even if you do find it boring. No one cares because you're not a City fan. This isn't your journey. This isn't your thing to be, you know, loving or hating or being bored or whatever. It's for us and it's for the people who came before all three of us who supported Mm. this club. It's for the people who, you know, went to York away, the people who were at the playoff final at Wembley against Gillingham, the people who, you know... You know, in his my generation, you know, who grew up watching Stuart Pearce put David James at front, <laughs> not scoring a goal at home after New Year's Day. Um, Joe, Rubinho, <laughs> Tevez coming in, Aguero coming in and giving us the best moment of our lives. And just this club, it just constantly gives you another great moment of your life, another best moment of your life. I think tonight, well, last night was one of the just top 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 performances mm. i put a tweet out saying you know i don't need to take antidepressants anymore just pin that performance <laughs> to my eyeballs <laughs> happiness is a drug and i'm happy to happiness is a drug and i'm that, happy that to is keep not on medical it. advice i may add that they no, are not we no, are not no. advising now that, to go that said stick. it might not be medical <laughs> advice but i just want to say inject it all of yeah. this the yes. reaction from arsenal exactly. fans the reaction exactly. from other fans our perform inject it this is the best part of the season when you, everyone succumbs to this, find, when they realize what has happened. If you find this club boring, then this club ain't for you. <laughs> Out the door you go. Yeah, well, football isn't for you. And uh, maybe that's where we'll finish. Andrew, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much. Cheers, sir.
Ollie, same to you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. As always, follow, subscribe, like if you haven't already. Leave a rating and a review. It means the absolute world. I've been Amos Murphy. This is the City Report Podcast. And until next time, we'll see you later. Make sure you're geared up for Man City's end-of-season running with McDelivery. Great food delivered right to your door. By using McDelivery, you won't miss a moment of City's crucial running, and just like Kevin De Bruyne, they deliver your order exactly where you want it. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? At participating restaurants only, 18 and plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 